sounding guitar there. <laughs> Do you hear it? Everybody listen. Uh, wow. What does that guitar mean? What does it mean? It means it's the opening song <laughs> for a place within. The musical. <laughs> a place within. I said within and in. That's, that's what you tuned into today. To today. Wow. I need to like say all the words. <laughs> totally. Because that's what you do when you're a podcasting girl. Podcasting I, girl. I'm a podcasting girl named Ashlyn. And I'm a podcasting woman <laughs> named Christina. And this is a podcast called A Place Within, where this week and every week we get to the heart of our thoughts, our feelings, and our desires. Or one of those, or a couple of those, maybe not all three, um, and we trust that we'll find the gospel there, or our need for it. And slash or. Indeed. Indeed. So that's what you're going to get here Indeed. at A Place Within. A Place Within. <laughs> Oh, how how we doing? <laughs> you know, it's Lent. It's Lent. It feels like it's Lent. <laughs> I felt that today after I sang 40 Days and 40 Nights as either the opening or closing hymn, because we just keep switching off. Sure, you know? of course. Is it, is it the opening I, hymn? I is it the closing hymn? 40 days and 40 nights, you were fasting in the wild. Forty days and forty nights, tempted and yet undefiled. <laughs> yeah, that one has been huge for the BU Catholic Center. Well, yeah. And that was, the, I mean, it's Laetare Sunday that we're recording this, not that you're hearing it, um, which means like halfway through Lent. We're halfway through Lent, um, and it feels like it. It does. But I felt a little bit of cognitive distance dissonance like liturgical cognitive dissonance hmm. because in the last week especially it's been nice like nice weather in boston ah. for the first time in 2019 hmm. and so i feel like it's spring it is easter i want to eat cookies i want to be in a hammock i want to jump around i love easter i love spring well and so you're not allowed it to. It started to feel that way. Because it's Lent. I know. And so I'm like, okay, no, don't get a cake right now. Like, don't get the nicest Peeps flavor. No, I'm scared of Peeps flavor, by the way. Dunkin' Donuts, Mm-mm. spring, swirl, Peeps flavor. I don't think I can do it. I don't think I will. But <gasps> I love spring, and I've been in my spring feelings. And yesterday, I went to the Harvard Art Museums. <laughs> How classy. Oh, my. But it was really a wonderful time. I love a good art museum. Well, sure. Me too. I'm intellectually exhausted after because I think, okay, I've spent a long time in here. It's been hours. I'm just, I want to see everything, but I'm just going to look at it. And then I look at it and I'm like, no, I have to read about it. Yeah, I know, right? I, I, <laughs> and there was only one time um, for a piece of religious art that I looked at the description and I got really mad. I was like, no, whoever wrote this didn't know what they were talking about. It was a beautiful painting of St. Joseph, but it was saying that this color of St. Joseph, like, suggested his divinity. And I was like, well, no. What? He's not divine. It's like the sacredness of 
Joseph and Mary. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I was pointing at the, um, the info on the wall and I'm like touching it and scolding it ah. saying this is wrong this is wrong and they came and over they, and they went yeah, excuse me ma'am like, I'm gonna have to ask gonna, you to leave you're gonna no they didn't kick me off <laughs> they were like you're not gonna want to touch that because you're gonna chip it off and I was like well I want to chip it off <laughs> okay sir I'm sorry it's fine <laughs> excuse me sir but otherwise it was a lovely day you're like excuse me sir Museum. do you have a chisel and a hammer <laughs> um I'm sorry that whatever you know curator wrote this didn't know what they were talking about and i know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. but a lot of the other things were very sensitive wow it was lovely wow and since harvard's been around for a long time they have quite an impressive collection yeah i i like that idea of a person walking into a person walking into an art museum <laughs> a religious person walking into an art museum looking at religious art and then calling the curator over to scold them <laughs> And to try to get hey, the the description this changed. This wasn't right. This wasn't right. My um, improv teacher. This is our weekly catch up on how improv class is going. Christina, the up and coming comedian. Okay. Um, tells us. She's so funny. He says that improv is comedy writing. We're just not writing it down. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. So he's been telling us like the structure of a scene and that um an improvised scene is going to have the same structure as like sketch scene and um for that reason i have now felt a new freedom to look at my life and find the comedic moments heighten the crap out of them and like (laughs) imagine what a sketch scene would be of it and i like this one as an idea (laughs) the judgy the judgy catholic who comes in and says Okay, well, this is clearly wrong. They don't have to be judgy. They just have to, like, commit to it. They have to feel really strongly about it. Because, like, it's a little ridiculous because you would take it as far as it goes, you know? Like, you would be like, no, no, no. Like, I know you have a chisel and a hammer nearby. I know you do. <laughs> then I go, then I take something and I break open yeah. a glass to get like the ancient Roman chisel that they have on display. You're like, this will work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See? I got this. See? They're like, no. <laughs> That's from the first century BCE. <laughs> it's BC. <laughs> oh, I know. Funny. I'm like, who are you people? You say B. You say C E C E A D. You have all these pictures of the crucified Christ, and you put C E instead of A D. Harvard. He died right here. This is when he died. Hilarious. Let me share the gospel with you. <laughs> Do you have a moment to discuss our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Another one is uh, a vegetarian. A committed vegetarian is also desiring to become a committed Catholic, and they are sold out for everything, but they have an issue with the Eucharist. I was at a Bible study today <laughs> where they were like, okay, so we're reading John 6. So, uh, whoa, whoa, hold up. Here we are. Right at it. He's like, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And we stop at verse 59. Mm-hmm. And verse 60 is, the disciple said, teacher, this is a hard saying. <laughs> yep. How can someone understand it? And so we stop at 59 and the girls are, I wasn't leading the Bible study. I was there um, with the student who was leading it. And the girls are like, this is, this is kind of tough. <laughs> hey, <laughs> not to be that girl, but like read one more verse. Oh my gosh. Like, read one more verse. That's so awesome. And, and it was awesome. We wrestled, we wrestled, we wrestled. But 
oh, this awesome, awesome girl. Shout out Gail. Yes, Gail. Um, at, at the end was like, yeah, but if anyone's like trying to say like, Jesus doesn't make any sense and like, you know, he understood something that we don't understand because he was divine and we don't have to follow what he said. They're also saying that like the 12 apostles who after he says, do you want to leave too? And he says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Like you're saying that they were wrong too. So like if you say that you can't understand it or you can't assent to it, you're also saying that like they were stupid and they didn't understand it or they didn't assent to it. Mm. And I was like, yeah, girl. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, comedy sketch. No, vegetarian. I mean, no, that's it. That's the whole, that's the whole, like, I haven't, haven't written it yet. No, <laughs> I'm just being silly. I've just been thinking about that so much. The Eucharist? Yeah. That's quite beautiful. I love that they just got to that, what the, what, what, what they, those guys said. <laughs> I know, it was amazing. <laughs> those guys. Like, well, and there's the part of the Bible study where you're like, floundering because you're like wait a minute i don't know the answer to that question or like this is so we're not doing what i wrote down on the paper at all I'm like debriefing with the student who was leading the bible study afterwards and she's like it didn't go the way i wanted it to and i was like yeah but we in an hour were able to like dive in mm-hmm. and like encounter something that is true yes um and grow in conviction that it is true Mm -hmm. and it feels like a big mess yeah and don't we have to keep doing that isn't it so important that we keep doing that yes it is ashlyn are all your housemates asleep yeah (laughs) you sound like it you're like isn't it so important that we keep doing that (laughs) i'm it's late at night I'm whispering. <laughs> so if you're wondering why Ashlyn is whispering on the podcast, it's because somebody's sleeping next door. <laughs> well, the girl that lives next door isn't here right now, but the girl that lives down the hall, who also is my teammate, shout out, Faith. Hello, Faith. Um, I don't want her to be really sad that I woke her up and then not tell me that she was sad that I woke her up. <laughs> well, okay, then. But I'll talk in a moment. Yeah, I'm talking a real not whispering voice because that would be super creepy to listen to for an entire podcast. And I care about you, listener. I care about you. You're still whispering. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just talking really nicely and quietly right up next to the mic. Oh, unlike me. Speaking of like, <laughs> Ashlyn, what I think would be funny is if we tallied each time the other person said like <laughs> during the podcast. Or so, or um, or yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so, um, while I was th- sitting, what I was thinking <laughs> while you were talking, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was sitting in the, in traffic the other day while I was listening through our episode before releasing it. So this is Wednesday, listening to the podcast to make sure it is ready to go on Thursday, uh, I was listening to it thinking about how many times we said the word like and I paused it because I had to process this and I was like okay why do humans have to use filler words especially a filler word like like (laughs) and what I noticed is that whenever we said it it's something that we want to qualify 
So mm. for example, just now, I almost said like qualify because I wanted it to, to seem like I wasn't totally committed to the word qualify. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. So I think... She cracked the code. What? That's like actually very observant. I think that's why we do it, especially like um is, is waiting for the idea to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah is affirming what you're about to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's that you think of a thought and you're thinking yeah. I shouldn't say that. And then you say, yeah, I'm going to say that. <laughs> right. They're not completely arbitrary words. No. And we're not a scripted podcast. So sometimes we have to stop and think. Indeed. Um, and... With cool things like editing, if we're just silent while we're stopping and thinking, we can just edit out that space and, and it you goes can think fast. we just think this fast. Um, we process fast. No. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I, I generate silence <laughs> when the when the silence taker outer takes out too much silence, and I go, oh nope, we were thinking right there. <laughs> I, I want the people to know we were actually thinking. <laughs> I just want to, I just, okay, this is time for a real confession, Uh-oh. and then we'll get into okay. it. Um, is that I like listening to our podcast on iTunes, because I can speed it up to one and a half or two times Ooh. as fast, and I like to do this on YouTube, too, and partly it's so I can listen to more fast, faster. <laughs> more fast, faster. <laughs> Well, I was like, wait, more faster. That's, but it's I can listen to more quantity at a faster pace, more rapidly. Mm. Um, but also, I just enjoy the sound of voices moving faster. Huh. <laughs> um, maybe it was too much Gilmore Girls, right? Where they just talk so fast, so fast. That's the name of Lauren Graham's book, "Talking as Fast as I Can." And I love that they just memorized all those words so they didn't have to think them up so they could talk them that they could talk them that fast. they could talk they them that fast them that quickly um i can't do that and so i pretend that i can by speeding us up there you go confession i did it no that's okay that's actually what michael gormley of catching foxes my evangelization father that's what he does when he listens to podcasts and audiobooks as well so, you're in good company, in my personal opinion. In your personal opinion. In my personal opinion. <laughs> your father and your mother. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just dubbed myself your mother of evangelization. You're my mother of evangelization. Which is <laughs> very prideful. Oh. I would call kidding. Sister Miriam more of my mother of evangelization, along with my father being Michael Gormley, and then you're my big sister of evangelization. Okay. <laughs> You're like, fine. It's fine. Sherry Waddell is my distant aunt. Oh, no. Sherry Waddell is like your real grandma. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you're actually right. That that makes more sense with the familial relations. Yeah, yeah my actual grandma. Well, I mean, right. we have aunts and uncles. Oh, it's like Bishop Barron is my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Who's your mom? Who's your evangelization I've... mom? Mary. Wow. Okay. Holy. No, but like, I'm sorry, but like Our Lady, Mother of Apostles. All right, it's theologically accurate, whatever. <laughs> no, no, but that's the thing. Like praying with like Mary, mother of the apostles, and just thinking about the way that she motivated them and she ministered to them. I was like, girl, I want to do that. Mm, that's awesome. I think you do that. So good job. Thanks. 
Congratulations. all the awesome missionaries that invested their life in me. Thank you to those girls. I don't think any of them listen to this, but <laughs> thanks anyway. One of them knows that it exists, so. Who, other missionaries? Um, Who yeah, invested like, in you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, so. sweet. They're gonna be, they, they'd be so it's, happy. It's so cute and exciting. They're like, how do you see spiritual multiplication playing out in your life? And they're like, let me tell you. A girl that I invested deeply in now has a podcast and four teammates and a campus that she works with. <laughs> so it's probably the podcast. Um, awesome. That kind of gets to the heart. <laughs> Yo, the heart, the core. The core. <laughs> the core. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, that joke. Oh gosh. It's not old yet. It's not. not I also haven't given the workout tips yet, and I don't think this is the week, but um, we can't forget because it was a a promise made at the end of last episode. Not that many people liked our last Instagram posts. They didn't earn it. What? (laughs) It's a terrible (laughs) thing to say, Ashlyn. (laughs) Take it back. I said, I, I said on the episode... If you want to hear more workout tips, go and like our most like our oh, yeah. Instagram posts. <laughs> I thought you were just like <laughs> Well, Being unrelatedly. A first class B. Our Instagram <laughs> got very few likes and I'm just angry about it. <laughs> I was like, oh my. Do we need do we need to pause the episode to process? <laughs> do it, is there a wound? A wound? This is a wound. That's What's at the core of it? No, but honestly, identifying the wounds, this is something that we we need to do, but we're not going to talk about today. It's not time yet. It's not time. Um, What are we going to talk about today? You tell me. Okay. <laughs> Said um, the prepared one. <laughs> Just kidding. Go on. So, what I would love to... Share my thoughts, kind of process my thoughts, hear your thoughts about is involvement within the church. We know and we've said that we desire to be disciples of Jesus Christ in his church. Um, We desire that for other people. And I feel like there is some tension between this concept of like being involved in the church and being a disciple. I think that oftentimes those can be associated as the same things, but I don't think that they actually are the same. For thing. sure, they're not. Um, what makes you say that? Um, I think evangelization is critical to discipleship, and evangelization is a personal relational thing. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it is large-scale um, evangelization, it still stems from personal relationships that eventually will flow out. Um, and without that personal investment, I don't think evangelization is happening. Even if you're catechizing or even if you're facilitating fellowship or administrating needs, without discipleship relationships, I don't know that it's happening. Or actually, you know, it's not about mm-hmm. discipleship relationships. I mean, it is. That's going to come up. But really, it's about an interior life, I think. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my first yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it, something, now that you're saying that, that I would love to do, um, 
is define our terms. Okay. And I don't think I want to define our terms necessarily even that I'm worried that you, audience, um, don't know what they are. But I think in order to really understand what we think about these things and how to best live them out, it's really important to take a step back and break down what they are. Oh, yeah. Um, So evangelization is the proclamation of the gospel to people. Oh, yeah. Um, It's not getting... It's getting more followers for Christ by proclaiming the gospel. Right. It is offering the gospel as a free gift to people. Mm -hmm. Evangelization. Catechesis is then the formation of a faithful person Mm -hmm. in the teachings of the church. Yeah. So evangelization gives that person the gospel and allows them to either accept or reject it. Catechesis forms a person in the teachings of the church. Mm -hmm. Discipleship is disciplined following of Christ and ecclesial involvement, involvement in the church is the way that all of the stuff that needs to get done gets done. Okay. Um, And these things are interconnected and related and the responsibility of the same community of people, right? Um, But I I think that that sometimes is, like, taken for granted, too. So it's like, in order to get to the heart of this, we have to look at the structure of the church, but um, not that I think that that should change or, like, anything like that. Um, But what what have we been given? What did Jesus give us? And how do we best live it out? And kind of where the question in my mind, or why I want to talk about it comes in, is that I... In a couple specific environments, but I'm thinking back to when I attended the Convocation of Catholic Leaders in 2018? Yeah. 2017? Um, it was really a huge blessing that I got to go to that. But, and I mean, it was a very big event with a lot of different things going on. But um, there was an emphasis on evangelization. But I almost feel like in certain contexts, in certain talks um the emphasis on evangelization was very survival based Mm. it was um we we have to be committed as a church to evangelization so we can continue to exist wow um but i even think that in um yeah the four signs of a dynamic catholic by matthew kelly Mm -hmm. the kind of cornerstone of dynamic catholic which i think is a great asset to the church he also encourages and exhorts people to become evangelists for that sake of, like, church preservation. It's like we have this church, we love the church, and people are leaving the church, and so we have to evangelize in order for people to stay in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of made a mm, noise. When? Like, what do you think about that? When I said evangelization for the sake of, like, preservation. Yeah. I was thinking of... I can't remember what it is, but there's something else that I was thinking of that felt survival based oh i know what it was i don't know how relevant this is but a friend was telling me about marriage um retreats and it felt like the retreat that she went on was like totally uh focusing on surviving marriage and not getting a divorce Mm -hmm. but anyways um (laughs) so that came into mind regardless i think that the survival idea is always something that is sort of um, anti 
following Christ because he tells us that he desires for us to have life in abundance, not for us to merely survive. Merely surviving is life without Christ. Life in abundance Mm -hmm. is life with Christ. So... Mm -hmm. Especially the proclamation of the person of Jesus Christ should never be about survival. And something that is coming to mind is a kind of new-ish religious order. Um, In L.A., the poor of Jesus, Mm -hmm. who is kind of involved at my school's parish. And they do this amazing homeless ministry. And there was an article that talked about their work. And in it, one of the sisters This was a quote in this news article that the gospel isn't about the numbers because in a gospel-centered worldview, each and every soul is infinitely valuable and each and every soul, Mm -hmm. God rejoices when they come back to him. So having this idea of we need to keep it alive, we need to get the numbers, we need to get the numbers, it just is, what's the word that describes an antithesis? (laughs) opposite okay (laughs) i wanted something more dramatic (laughs) i feel like antithesis is quite dramatic it is dramatic (laughs) but that but it antithesizes i don't know yeah that was sorry okay anyways so (laughs) it's it it opposes the gospel Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think it preaches the gospel to its fullness you know okay um which down the road could become an enemy to evangelization but i don't think out of like a direct opposition it's just like missing the mark and continuing on that way but i think that um evangelization for the sake of survival inherently pegs the church as an institution as its primary identity yeah right oh yeah when the church is a is a body of a person yeah and so it's Ooh. like evangelization it's it's not false. Like that's the problem. It's not false that if we don't evangelize, the church will cease to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. Okay. But it's not the core, in my opinion. The core is that we have to preach the gospel because every human being was made for the gospel. Right. Um, was well was made for Christ, and so they need to know who they were made to be and who they were made for. Mm-hmm. and it's it's what brings sight to the blind um and people deserve to see right um so we have to preach the gospel because people were made to hear the gospel yeah um and also because our lord commanded us to preach the gospel right i think that that's the best reason to preach the gospel not so we can stay at church right wonderful that if we actually do what we're made to do and give people what is just, we will continue to thrive. Like, we will make disciples of all nations if if we're faithful to what we've been asked to do. But we can't put second things or we can't put, like, outcomes as as the, the goal. The outcome is not right. the goal. The goal must be the goal. Right. right. Like, what happens if we preach the gospel or facilitate the preaching of the gospel or facilitate catechesis, whatever it is? And we don't have a prayer life. Like, what's that about? Right, right. Well, and I, I think that there are many people who are very involved in their church, who schedule the altar servers, who run the young adult event, who lead the Bible study, who signed up to do that thing um, because they wanted to grow in their faith. Okay. You know, okay. there was like, 
there was a scenario. I think it's a pretty straightforward one. There's an involvement fair at the parish, and this parish has it pretty together, having an involvement fair. Yeah. Where the different ministries have different tables, and this is something, I mean, we experienced in a collegiate ministry mm-hmm. that I experienced in a parish ministry, but the parish is actually, like, the the real model, I guess, of the church. No hate on college ministries, but, like, mm-hmm. a parish is really where, like, the church is lived out. And so there's a big tent, and then there's all these tables, and the music ministry, you can sign up for that. And the ushers ministry, you can sign up for that. And the ladies ministry, you can sign up for that. Um, and this is how you're going to grow in your faith. Mm. Um, she's nodding her head. I'm shaking, shaking my head. head. That's what I mean. Mm, I nodding don't like that. Yes. Shaking I don't like that. No. Tell me more. So, uh, okay. I had never honestly thought of it that way. As like somebody saying, okay, I don't prioritize Jesus. I need to prioritize Jesus. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I will go to the involvement fair and get involved in something. Cool, but kind of heretical. Like, um, <laughs> I think that that might be too far. I but tell me why you think it's heretical. I am going to cite the soul of the apostolate. Um, because when... Okay, so, okay, before I cite the soul, the soul of the apostolate, why did I say that? Because when our emphasis is on doing we are in pelagianism we know this Mm. well you and i know this (laughs) but there's this heresy in in the church called pelagianism where uh the idea is that we are saved by doing good Mm -hmm. um rather than being saved by jesus christ and a relationship with him in the grace of the holy spirit um, which is received through prayer and the sacraments and So the choice, let me clarify myself, the choice to go and get involved because you want to grow in your faith is not a heretical choice, but Mm -hmm. stopping there and fully believing, okay, Mm -hmm. now I'm good to go. I have what I need for God. That is a, that's a lie. It's false. Well, and (laughs) it's a poverty because if that's all that person believed that God had for them was giving him i mean yeah all that god wants is my good deeds right. is pelagianism yes you know? yes 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 or that like i need to be more involved can lead to a pelagian outlook without even meaning to right exactly um right where it's like i can i can serve and serve dutifully and you know especially when people don't know that there's more for them or more isn't being offered to them i think that like God looks upon their efforts and cherishes them and loves them. Right. Um, but yeah, there's just a great need um, to put things in their proper order. What did the soul of the apostolate say? Yeah. The soul of the apostolate is this book, again, <laughs> suggested by Michael Gormley, <laughs> my dad, um, which talks about the importance of an interior life for all of God's faithful, especially those who are involved in apostolates or involved in ministries. So he talks a lot. This is by Jean-Paptiste Chotard. He talks about the heresy of good works. He And I guess that, I don't know if he's ref- using that language because he doesn't want it to be exactly Pelagianism, but I think the way that he talks about it, it is. And... He says, like, it's a pretty, it can be a little bit of a wake-up call, like this book, especially the beginning, because he uses this expression 
to, quote, stigmatize the apostle who so far forgets himself as to overlook his secondary and subordinate role and look only to his own personal activity and talents as a basic for apostolic success. Mm. So he says, is this not in practice a denial of a great part of the tract of grace? And he starts the book actually with this prologue, like this beautiful prayer for all of the faithful who are ministering to the mm. church. And he says, Oh, infinite charity, make their wills burn with the thirst of the interior life. This is another quote that their apostolate will be successful only in the measure that they themselves live that supernatural inner life of which you are the, the sovereign principle and Jesus Christ, the source. Mm. So he's saying that it's only successful insofar as our inner life is fully oriented towards the Lord, or at least right. in our in effort to be fully oriented toward the Lord. Right. What say you? And I, that's true, right? That in much more plain language, like if we believe that our faith is in a person and not in an institution, we have to know the person. Yes. And that is central and that's why we go to mass that's why we champion the dignity of the human person it's why we believe everything that we believe is because of the person of jesus christ and the way that he reveals to us the father and draws us into a relationship with the father through the power of the holy spirit right mm -hmm. and so we we totally miss the mark when we pursue god through involvement and i think the only reason why people do that Honestly, is it because they, they don't want an interior? It's not because they don't want an interior life. I think that they don't believe one is possible. Right. The concept of an interior life is completely foreign to them. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that there are many very accomplished people in the world, right, who are also practicing Catholics, who are CEOs, who are billionaires. Um, especially in the Boston area, I've come to understand that like, these people exist um, who are frustrated that their talents and their experiences aren't being taken seriously or put at the service of the church. I think that other gripes with the church, like why can't women be priests? Um, or like why isn't there more lay involvement? In some ways, while well, those are legitimate questions, um, well, those are, mm, I don't want to eat my words. I think that those are questions that people frequently ask that like have answers that like should be sought out mm -hmm. um, and that we're not living to the fullness of our potential right now. Um, but I think that there's a like intense seeking or like even you hear that question more than like, how do I pray? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know growing up, like we were talking more about why aren't people listening to us a lot more than like, how do I grow in a relationship yeah. with Jesus? Yeah. Um, and I, I been thinking about this and chewing on it. And I really do think that like those questions come from like a lack of hope that mm. real joy, um, real fulfillment, real relationship with Jesus Christ or his ministers is possible. People want to be heard in a church. People want their opinions to be valued because they don't even think that someone's going to care about them. Mm-hmm. You know, but if I have to come here every week, at least you should listen to me. Um, you, There's like an emphasis on personal talent of what I have to give, what I have to offer to Christ's body is w what I 
my ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. But actually the best thing that you have to give to Jesus yes. is your will. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. so we're seeing these things out of order. Because here's the thing. What I can't say, which I wanted to say before, I've been on a journey with this, is that just throw at the ministries, throw out the involvement, throw out this need to give back and let's just all pray more. And it's like, no, like the church is a person, but that person comes to be known in buildings that need to be cleaned, you know, mm-hmm. with through priests, you know, the sacraments are given through priests who cannot do everything by themselves. Yeah. Um, the, the liturgy is meant to have, I mean, can exist without music, but becomes mm-hmm. beautiful in the way that it ought to be mm-hmm. through music. Yeah. Um, that the faithful need structure in order to exist in the community that they will thrive in. So it's like mm. people have to be involved in the church yeah. in order for the church to thrive. Yeah. But we can't look at our involvement in the church as the source of our faith. Yeah, right. Okay. I think you are getting at a more like caring for the human person Mm. aspect of this because I've been, yeah, listening to Gomer on Catching Foxes for a while now. um, And he does a lot of parish parish missions where he says that he walks into the parish. And I think part of it is the crisis in the church that was going on even before the sex abuse Mm -hmm. scandal broke um but he's pretty harsh where he walks in and he you know gives a little bit of a talk but then he goes in and says look if you don't have a prayer life give yourself two weeks to start one and if you don't have a desire to start one after two weeks quit your job which is i appreciate that in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. i I mean i appreciate that a lot actually i'm like so Mm -hmm. inspired that he says that um well he's really just so he's he's talking to parish employees oh yeah so that's that's an yeah Yeah. that's an an important distinction thank you um those are parish employees not lay people who wanted to get more involved um Mm -hmm. now i do think it kind of applies a little bit though to those people who are involved because why are you involved if you're not facilitating a relationship with christ now you got it something really important which is the modern person is so fast-paced and the schedule is so full um, that something that is silent and structured entirely by you and brought about by just a personal commitment and there's no reward, there's no boss, there's nothing except for you and the commitment that you've made. And if you believe in God, then God. (laughs) Um, That's what it takes to start a prayer life. Plus a bunch of I'm not being clear here, but plus the actual structure, the tools for your interior life. Mm-hmm. And you're getting at the reality that that's something that has to be taught. And it's like an actual conversation. Do you desire an interior life? And usually if somebody wants to be involved in the church, the answer will be yes. Or mm-hmm. it will be yes, but I'm really scared. Or it will be honestly, I kind of don't tell me why I need to, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and I I don't want to be cynical or critical, but, like, I think sometimes when there there are, like, exhausted church workers, whether they're volunteers or they're employees, they hear that somebody wants to have a prayer life. They think, oh, great, 
how can I use your desire to mm. keep our ministry afloat? Well, um, you want to have a prayer life, sign up for an hour at the Adoration Chapel. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing, the grace of the grace that comes from parishes that have perpetual Adoration Chapel is huge. The world needs it. We have to have that. But we should want people to sign up. People will want to sign up when they know, like, what adoration is right. and we can't look at their desires and say how can i use this to further my end to further my goals um as a missionary when someone wants to grow it in their faith or they want to share their faith with other people they want to become evangelizers i can't think great okay can you start a bible study for me you know right. like starting a bible study has to come from what God has asked them to do. Yeah. And he's already asked us to do these things. You know, like there's just, I think so much freedom that can come from taking a step back from filling out the sign up sheet or trying to get people involved in our ministry so that they're better. Um, that just like takes a step back and looks at the person and says like, do you know the gospel? Not as a prerequisite to get involved in the, the ministry. The ministry is a post-requisite. Yes. That's the word. I mean, for I, I don't know. <laughs> accepting the gospel. Yeah. Um, yes. But then I'm like, okay, is that clear? Do I need to keep explaining it? Probably not. But um, on the flip side, if I've like said lots of times, like, yeah, there are like exhausted priests and exhausted ministers who desire for goodness in the church and feel strained to be able to carry it out like if you're listening to this and you have a prayer life and you consider yourself to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and you're probably maybe even investing in others to help them understand the gospel take a second to think about the way as a fruit as an act of gratitude um you can get involved in something, but only because of the relationship, the right. abundant relationship that you're grow- you're building with Jesus. Right. So if you're listening to this podcast and you realize, I don't pray. I didn't realize I could do that, but I'm exhausted being on the core team for Life Teen. Um, or I like it, but I just didn't even realize that I could pray or should pray every single day. Like, do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and let that be the source of your ministry and don't have a prayer life just so you can be a better minister, like be a minister because of your prayer life. Yes. And I think, I mean, I haven't finished the soul of the apostolate, but I think that's kind of part of his thesis. It's that Mm -hmm. our whole lifeblood is relationship with Jesus Christ. And the ministries exist because of that. The apostolates exist because of that. And that is, it has to be the priority. Now, Mm -hmm. when it is your career, when it's your real jobby job (laughs) to participate in these ministries, yeah, does that get lost sometimes? Yeah. Um, But it's always a call to return to that interior life as the number one goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. If your eyes are fixed on Jesus and you want to imitate him because he's the fulfillment of all your desires. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. You're fine. But, Keep going. It's beautiful. Um, and 
you want to treat people the way that he treats people. You want to see people the way that he sees them. Um, you don't try to mind them for their talents. Right. When you feel pressure that you have to perform, when you feel pressure from the priest that you work for or um, the person, the priest that you volunteer for, you know, who doesn't affirm you for whatever reason, you know, and so you want to get more people to sign up so that your dad's proud of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, it stopped being about them. It stopped yeah. being about him, yeah. Jesus. It started being about you, and we all yep. do it because we're human. We have to return our gaze to the Lord. But let's have Ashlyn as an example here. So I have a question for you, Ashlyn. Can you yes. think of somebody you discipled around, oh, I don't know, 2016, 2017, who never started a Bible study? I have so many examples. Can you think of one in particular? Who's Is it the one that I'm talking to? Right maybe now? looking at you right now. Oh, yep. That's her. I also remember sitting on that girl's bed and brainstorming how she could start a Bible study. But here's the question. And she was really excited to do it. But then she just never did. And then Ashlyn was like, hey, why don't you ask this person to go into discipleship with you? And I said, sure. Tell me how to do that. Did I do it? No. So anyways, this is, this is a sad Christina senior year of, of college time. My, the reason I bring this up is because, like, I think you were fulfilling your ministry by just mm-hmm. having those conversations with me. And, mm-hmm. and maybe it was a disappointment for you and you're, like, I, as a missionary, maybe you were disappointed that that never came to fruition. I don't know. Um, were you? <laughs> It doesn't actually matter. No. Okay. See? So, like, because I think you had your eyes so fixed on this reality that heaven rejoices to have a disciple, a lover of Jesus Christ. And there was no, uh uh-oh, my depth chart didn't make it all the way for her. Like, because the reality was relationship with Jesus was there. And that is your ministry. That is your job, is to facilitate well, and, relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and knowing with total confidence that relationship with Jesus, when, yeah, like he authentically is being listened to, always leads to mission. Yes, and it like, did. Oh. Mm-hmm. Ah! oh, that is so beautiful. Yeah, and uh, this is so now... Like not not even flip side, but just from another perspective. For me right now, I participate in, um, you know, I'm a full time employee of a Catholic school, which in a lot of ways isn't always um, direct ministry unless you make it that, which I try mm-hmm. to. Um, you do a good job. Thanks. <laughs> but it's it's not. There's no involvement there. I work at a poor parish. Um, I. <laughs> I'm not going to get into all of the confusions of my state in life right now, but there isn't a community that, like a parish community, that it has made sense for me to fully commit to yet. I'll have to do that in the next couple of months, but anyhow, so there's been no, yeah, no involvement fair. There's been no full commitment to a particular parish community outside of the one that I work for right now, and I have had desires to give myself over to mission more seriously than I do right now. Um, or actually, that's not entirely true. Um, 
with a label that is more serious than what Mm -hmm. it is right now. And those doors have not opened. What persists? It's, I mean, this is all grace of God. This is all literally just God Mm -hmm. saying like, okay, like do the thing. Here you go. Here's the grace to do it. It's a a prayer life that is um, fully centered on Christ and um, the desire to evangelize and having relationships that do that. And this is not like a toot your own horn situation. It's Mm -hmm. to say that not being involved in a parish ministry, like when I walk into mass most Sundays, people are like, who's that? You know, like Mm -hmm. there's no like, oh, hi, Christina. Like you're so involved. Oh my goodness. Come give Mm -hmm. us your, no, there's none of that. It is like my activity as a Catholic is my relationship with Christ Mm -hmm. and those other doors to make it more externalized. Um, I mean, I suppose that this this podcast exists. Um, So outside of the podcast and the teaching, those doors to make it more externalized have not opened. But you act like those are small things. Okay, you're right. (laughs) Your activity as a Catholic is like relationship with Christ and the proclamation of his gospel. Mm -hmm. You know? I just poured water over myself. (laughs) Go on. And it's... the really diverse and so I think that that can make it seem complicated when we like look to our right and to our left and we see everybody doing kind of different things yeah um vocationally um individual like even people in your same vocation like do it differently than you and that can be really confusing so it seems really complicated it's like to know Jesus and make him known Mm -hmm. is all we have to do to know Jesus and to make him known yeah And the first precedes the second, right? And if we're listening to Jesus and we're discerning his his promptings to make him known, like, he will lead us to things. Um, Knowing him is knowing that he established a church. And using, like, knowing him is using your reason to realize that, like, that church needs you. Yeah. uh, Needs your gift of self. And, like, he will open those doors He's opened the door to be a teacher. He's opened the door for us to have a podcast. Yeah. Um, and he might open more doors. And so we get to keep asking. We don't say, okay, you've opened two. I'm done. Yeah. Right? I've met my door quota. It's like, Jesus, you're allowed to open as many doors as you open. Right. Right, right, right. And I'm being, yeah, I guess I'm being pretty stupid to say that those aren't, um, yeah, direct ministries. Now, and, and that said, like, I think what that gets at is, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a lifestyle that doesn't lend itself to direct ministry and evangelization. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Uh, not sorry. Um, well, a, a moral lifestyle. A, I don't know. I, like, I'm thinking of somebody who, who is an engineer. You know, um, that is not exclusive to evangelization or to mm. being, frankly, a missionary. Right. But I would argue that that person is called to be a missionary more than they're called to be an engineer. And if they're called to be an engineer, they're also called to be a missionary as an engineer. So, um, like rather than settling for shallow relationships with their coworkers, right. Like, or having great friendships with their coworkers and never praying for them. Right. They don't, people don't have to know. Right. They might need to someday, but like if, you're in a in a career field 
like write down the people in your office. Yes. Even if you work in a big office, the people that work on your floor or your team and pray for them daily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And see what happens. You know, if you are an, you are in that field and you attend a parish, like attend the same parish every single week. And when you walk in and you see the same usher every single time, stop and learn their name and introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, if you then become an usher because, you know, the usher that you made friends with just had to recruit you, ask the other ushers about their prayer life. Mm-hmm. Ask them how God is moving in their heart. Then that's how we get the both end. Yep. You know, that's how we also even create a culture um, that puts prayer and in interior life and ultimately knowing Jesus. That's what an interior life is, is to have a space that, where we know him and he is known to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the cool thing about starting a prayer life is that, I, don't, I mean, this is what happened with me and I, I expect that it happens with a lot of people, is that you start it. You just start it with however many minutes, you know, 10. Mm-hmm. And what happens is that you desire more. Like when you get to the end of the 10 mm-hmm. minutes, you're like, oh, shoot, I'm not done. Like after you've been going at it for a little while, it comes to this point of, shoot, I'm not finished. I need to restructure my schedule so that I can have the, the time that I need. And it just like keeps on growing that way. And I think we get mm-hmm. the reason I say that is because somebody who's listening to this who doesn't have a prayer life may be thinking, OK, but look at how much schoolwork I have to do. Look at how much work work I have to do. Look at all my other responsibilities. Where is that going to fit? And the fact is that there is always some way that you can reprioritize to find five minutes for God. And so in doing that, you have five minutes. That is Mm -hmm. something that can be considered a prayer life. And it will start to overflow and turn into 10, 15, whatever it is that God is calling for you. And I mean... To even, like, label how much time it is is, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I find that, like, my my desires are motivated in little diff- kind of different ways. Um, and something that I love, you know, that I rejoice in is to invite people to, to really consider, like, do I want a relationship with Jesus Christ? Yeah. Ooh. Do I think that he made me for a relationship that he like died for me to be in that relationship and that he will provide everything if I can say yes to all of those questions and think of that way that like he opened my eyes the way that I met him the trying to identify like where the curiosity and the burning in my heart is coming from and mm-hmm. what it's going towards yes. and live my life like that matters yes then all of those things will build. That's so, so hard to write down. And so it's really, really unsatisfying to like Western productivity. Oh. But it's like, if I met a guy oh, on a train and he looked at me in the eyes and said, you were made to be in relationship with me, I would find a way to talk to that guy. Even if he lived <laughs> in Antarctica. Assuming I'd... that he was able to say that in a way that wasn't totally terrifying. Yeah, I think it sounds awesome. That's my brokenness. But <laughs> and I meet this guy and he lives in Antarctica. But I'll be like, okay, are you on Facebook? Right. Can I have your number? Like, right. when are you free to FaceTime? Right. And I'm going to move things around because I really want to talk to that guy. Mm-hmm. And And I can say we should talk five minutes every single day. But what's going to motivate me to do that is like my 
desire for him yes. and my like like excitement that he has a desire for me yes you know but i won't hear that he desires to be with me if i never talk to him so i better talk to him yes i love this i love this i'm over here fist pumping again ashlyn's stroking her brains <laughs> this is so good ashlyn you said it's really hard to write down but what i'd like you to do is listen to that back and type it out because that was spectacular and it is so the answer because you're so right like that is what motivates that five minutes you know like the person who wants to be in a relationship with you will find that second to text you at the very minimum, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what Jesus desires from us is, you know, starting somewhere with this reality of, I do want a relationship with you. Therefore mm-hmm. I give you this. This is all I can figure out how to give you right now. If you mm-hmm. desire that I give you more, help me figure that out. Well, and then the person that we're dealing with is never going to have like limitations in what he wants to give us. Yeah. Yeah right? Like sometimes we hold back or we're like, I'm, I'm going to put me quiet and cute because I don't know how committed you are to me. Here's the thing in receiving the gospel, we realize that he is entirely committed to you. He is everything that exists committed to you. Oh my goodness. Um, And so you have to figure out how to be committed to him. But like as relationships grow, like so does commitment. And so like if I, the guy in Antarctica, I have to move to Antarctica if he's going to stay there, you know? Jesus is going to come meet you where you are. But um, if that is more important to me than whatever I'm doing in Boston, then I need to I need to go there. Yeah. And also, like, I need to care for that person's family. And for our Lord, caring for his family is caring for his poor, is caring for his priests, is caring for his liturgy, you know? And if I, I know that I can't do all of it, but I need to ask him, like, what part of your life are you asking me to care for? Because I'm committed to you because I know you and because I love you. But just in the way that if, you know, a hot guy from the train, if I stop talking to him, but I keep caring for the things that he cares about, it's going to lose, it's Mm going to lose, like my willpower is going to dwindle a lot. Yeah. And I don't keep talking to him so I can keep caring for the things he cares about. I keep talking to him because he loves me. Mm. He's the fulfillment of all of my desires, but the closer we get, the more I'm going to care, the more I'm going to be able to care for the things that he cares about. Beautiful. Maybe I took that farther than was needed, but you probably could have connected those dots on your own, but... I liked listening to it. I just love it. I like that. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah, I think that is enough. I think that's enough. Nice. That's dope. Dopey, 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 dopey. Maybe. Never mind. Cool. <laughs> huh? You say the socials. Oh. <laughs> okay. Great. Well, if you want to see us around, follow us on the old IG, which I have now become addicted to. Gosh. It's just so sad. It got me again. Too. Yeah. It, like, I find myself just anytime I get bored, I hit the app. It's like, what? What? Anyways. So if you're not addicted to Instagram, follow us on Instagram. If you're addicted to Instagram, stay yeah, the heck off Don't touch that it. Yeah, delete the app, which I think yeah. I might need to do. Um, follow us at 
APW Podcast on Twitter at APW Pod. Uh, and you can email us APW Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what we're hearing, what you're hearing, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you like what we're, if you can hear the voices in my head, please send me an email. <laughs> oh I need gosh. someone to let me know what they mean. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that's enough. Um, so if you like what you're hearing, um, do us a massive favor and give those five stars if you like it. Um, leave us a review if you if you wanna, um, and that can help us get the word out about what's what's going on over here. What is what the place within really is? <laughs> the core. The core. Oh, oh, oh. All right, and with that, this has been the place within. Listen to that guitar. Ah, oh, he sounds good. So good. That's a nice sound. Ah, oh, I love that guitar. I love it too. <laughs> that, it's from an EP called Night. Oh gosh, I've talked too long and now I have to do a loop of the guitar. Night prayer. Night prayer. <laughs> Knock. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Um, good night. have to hit the stop button but i can never find the app on this computer there it is stop